Well, good morning, everyone. It's, uh, it's great to be back in St. John because what a week, what a great week uh, it's been as uh, 20 of our teens left uh, this uh, Saturday last week. Uh, we were on our way to Bridgewater, Nova Scotia, and then we just arrived last night. So we spent eight days away on um, one of the largest youth mission tours of its kind in all of North America. Uh, we were away, we were part of a, an event called Tidal Impact, and Tidal Impact is um, a youth ministry event. It's a week long, and uh, it's organized and led uh, by our church families, our Baptist denomination, uh, but it's open to everyone, and uh, youth from around Atlantic Canada gathered in one of two places, uh, in Bridgewater or in Halifax, and they engaged in a week where uh, God was in the mo- on the move. And we're so thankful for the ways that we've seen him work uh, in the ministries that we've been serving in, uh, in the time where we've been spending worshiping him together and the things that we've learned and the things that he's shown us has been a great eight days. And I'm so excited to be back. I know our teens are uh, doing very well, but they're very tired. We arrived last night at around eight o'clock last night. And I'm tempted this morning to tell you all of the great things that happened, but we would be here forever if I could uh, uh, tell you all of the great things that we've experienced and the things that we've encountered. Um, But I'll share a few stories here today, but uh, just know that as you've been praying for our teens and and for our leaders, um, as you've been watching them go and supporting them and encouraging them, uh, your prayers were answered. And we're so thankful for uh, what the Lord has done um, over these last uh, few days. I'm Matt. I'm uh, the next-gen pastor here, and uh, what I'd like to do is to continue on in our summer series. All summer long, uh, we've been talking about this idea of summer projects, Uh, things that we can be working on in our own lives, you know, the same way that many of us have a to-do list of things we'd like to accomplish over the summer. Uh, There are things in our personal lives and in our spiritual lives that perhaps summer gives us the opportunity to work on a little bit. And so all summer long, each, each Sunday, we've been talking about some of the different things uh, that we can be working on in our personal lives and in our spiritual lives and in our walk with God. And so what I'd like to do today is I'd like to connect the ministry of encouragement. I'd like to talk about encouragement today. And in so doing, I'd like to share a few stories of some of the things that have happened uh, over this week at Tidal Impact From those stories, I hope that we can see for all of us uh, what it means for us to be encouraging people. What does it mean for us to be thinking of others, to encourage them and to lift them up and to build them up, uh, not just in tough times, but in in normal day-to-day lives too. All of us are called to a ministry of encouragement. And I'd like to share with us a little bit um, about that today. So the question uh, I'd like to challenge you all with is, how can I be encouraging to someone else? That's the summer project I'd like us to look at a little bit. Now, I have to admit, um, like all Christians, you know, we're, we're not perfect people. And I know in my life that this is actually something I'm, I'm speaking out of a weakness here today. I, I tend to be the pessimist. I tend to be the one that sees the negative side of things or to, to see the challenges or the difficulties or I, I tend to see the barriers instead of the opportunities. But I also think that uh, Christianity in, on the whole in North America, if we became better encouragers, we would see so many great things 
happening for God's kingdom in the lives of the church, in our lives as well, uh, and in the ministries of our churches. I think the ministry of encouragement is probably one of the ways uh, that we all need to be challenged to live out uh, on a personal level, but also because Christ is calling us to be encouragers. So hopefully already you're thinking of perhaps a few ways uh, that you can be thinking about how God might be calling you to be an encourager uh, in your life and in the lives of the people that you're connected with. But three stories that I'll share with you today about some of the things that we saw during the week in Title Impact uh, that can remind us about what this ministry of encouragement looks like for all of us. So the first story I'll share with you, I'll start by leading in uh, reading a few verses from Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, verses 43 to 45, uh, Jesus' words to his disciples say, Whoever wants to become great among you must become your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Okay, so what in the world does this passage have to do with encouragement? Well, during the week of Tidal Impact, uh, the mornings are designed for when our teens, our youth groups, uh, we uh, partner with local churches. So Rivercross Church just didn't go to Bridgewater and all of a sudden think that they were going to be, um, you know, these amazing people that can do everything and solve all the problems. Uh, instead, Rivercross partnered with a local church as did every other uh, visiting church. We partnered with Bridgewater Baptists. They were our host last week, and they did a great job. We've, we've received such a great welcome with them, um, by, from them. And together, uh, along with uh, actually one of the Lutheran churches in Bridgewater as well, they opened their doors to us. And the three churches together, we served in ministry in different ways and in different places. We ran kids' camps, we did maintenance, we did cleaning, we were at a daycare, we did a food drive, as this picture shows. Uh, this is the combined uh, Bridgewater and Rivercross team. Uh, this is a picture after, we've, uh, after we did our food drive and our contribution to a 25,000-pound food drive. Our contribution and the neighborhoods that we went to connect, we, we uh, raised and uh, received 1,500 pounds of, uh, of food drive donations, which is fantastic. Uh, but one of the stories that I'd like to share with you today, one of the jobs, one of the morning ministry projects uh, was a small group of our team went around to what I thought was one of the most beautiful, one of the cleanest, one of the prettiest uh, locations in all of Bridgewater. Uh, it was a small little park, and our team uh, grabbed our gloves, we grabbed our garbage bags, and we went around and cleaned up what was, in my opinion, already a very beautiful pond. So we were picking up garbage, and we were walking around, and uh, we were having some fun while we were doing it, enjoying the scenes. And uh, we were going in one direction around uh, the pond, and there was another gentleman. He was one of the nicest men that I had met all week long. Uh, he was walking his dog, but he was going in the opposite direction. So he was walking much faster than us as we were picking up garbage, and he was walking his dog. Uh, but we, we would cross paths often as he and his dog were making laps around the pond. And each time that we crossed paths, our conversation got a little bit longer and a little bit deeper. 
And so in this relationship, we started to learn that uh, the dog that he was actually walking was not his own. Um, his dog had passed away that week, and uh, a neighbor let that man walk their dog uh, just as a way to help support him and encourage him in his grief. And I thought, wow, what a great example of encouragement that is in itself. Uh, but in that conversation, as we, were as we were finishing up around the pond, uh, we were sitting, we were waiting to get picked up because our teens got dropped off at the pond, and so we were done cleaning up, and we were waiting to get picked up, and then once, a man, once again, uh, that kind man walked by, and uh, he was complaining, well, he did, it was a short complaint. He was very kind, he was very generous, and I really, really enjoyed getting to know him. But his one little complaint about the pond that we were at was that it was so filthy, it was so dirty, and, uh, and nobody took any good care of that pond. And uh, as I was sitting around with our young people who were just constantly, you know, picking up, we spent the last hour uh, cleaning up around this pond, uh, and I'm sure he, he did not mean this, uh, but he did say it, and I almost wish that our teens didn't hear it, but he said it's those young people. He said those young people aren't taking any good care of, uh, of this pond. They're throwing things into the pond, and they don't care about the garbage. And I, and I just, I wish, I wanted, to, I wanted to say, well, just look at all the young people that you've walked past over this last hour, cleaning up and taking care of, of this pond and this park. And at that time, he didn't know that we weren't from Bridgewater. I almost wanted to say, you know, there are people that aren't even from Bridgewater, young people that aren't even from Bridgewater, that are taking to ta some time to show that, yeah, there are young people that care and make a big difference in our neighborhoods. But I share that story uh, not to criticize anyone's thoughts or anyone's complaints. I share that story and I line that up with Jesus' words when he said that I didn't come to be served. Jesus said, I came to serve. And so I share that in a connection with encouragement because to receive encouragement or to receive praise should never be the point. The things that we do, the way that we live our lives, they, we should never be offering ourselves, offering our gifts, offering our lives with the desire or the intent to receive something back, whether it be encouragement or anything else. Jesus didn't come himself to serve, or in this case, or he didn't come to be served, or in this case, he didn't come to receive praise. He didn't come to receive encouragement. Jesus came to earth to serve. And he did that to model to us how we need to be living our lives. Jesus came and offered his life to serve. And so we don't go away, we don't do anything. Uh, the idea of Tidal Impact is not so that we can show love and expression of our appreciation and support and encouragement to our teens, but instead encouragement is the fruit of a life devoted to God and of a life lived serving God and wanting to please one person and one person only. Encouragement comes as a result of our hearts and our actions and our words with God in mind and not the receiving element of praise instead. Now, I also know that encouragement is more than just words, right? 
We can encourage people in ways other than to just share kind words with them. In fact, the English word where we get it in the Bible, encouragement, it comes from parakaleo. And parakaleo, if you were to translate that right directly into English, it really just means to come alongside or to be beside, to be called to be beside someone. We can come alongside somebody in so many more ways than just our words, right? Whether it's an action or kind meal, maybe it's just physical presence with someone. There are so many ways that we can be an encourager. Our words are important, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a second. But we are all called to be an encourager as someone to come alongside someone else. And the Bible's full of examples like that. One of my favorite stories in all of the Bible, um, it's about Moses and the Israelites. They were going to war, and Moses needed people to keep his arms held up. And as Moses' arms were up in the air, the battle was going in Moses' favor. But when, his, when, he, when, he, when he was getting tired and his arms were getting dropped down, uh, they were losing the battle. And so Joshua came and he raised Moses' arms up. Joshua was an encourager to Moses because he came alongside him, and Aaron as well, Aaron and Moses, one on one side, one on the other. They raised Moses' arms up, and they were successful. That is what it means to be an encourager, to come alongside. Jonathan helped David escape a, t- a difficult time. And in the New Testament, the apostles, they sold all of their belongings to help meet the needs of the other Christians. Those are all different ways that we are, can be called to encourage. But Jesus reminds us that we come to serve the same way he came to serve and not to be served ourselves. Encouragement is important, and the Bible calls us to be encouragers, but we have to, we have to offer our lives and our actions first and, and to receive encouragement second. Now, this second story from something that happened at Tidal Impact is a fun one I'd love to share with you. Uh, Now, a few months ago, I agreed that I would preach the Sunday after Tidal Impact, so it's not like I didn't know this was coming, and I'm kind of feeling a little, you know, we're all a little tired and things like that. So for a few months now, I've been thinking and stirring in my heart about how I can offer this summer project of encouragement. And this verse that's on the screen was on my heart and on my mind for a few months now. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.11. And the whole chapter of 1 Thessalonians 5, it's talking about the return of Christ. That someday, Jesus' ministry and his message and his word will be entirely fulfilled on earth. Jesus will return in his glory and in his kingdom. And then we, as ministers, will get to know that, experience it, and praise God in all of his fullness. And then that passage wraps up and says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just in fact as you were doing. Encourage one another and build each other up. Now, how is this for God revealing himself to our team uh, this week? So in the mornings we were doing ministry, and in the evenings, most of our evenings, we were in rallies. We had, a, we had great teaching from the Bible. We had a great band. We had a great speaker. We had a lot of fun in our rallies. And so the mornings are designed for us to be pouring into other people and the community around us. And the evenings were being poured into us for being fed with the word, for some time of worship, and uh, a small picture there to give you a sense of, of what it was like. But Thursday night was special. 
Thursday night, we had an opportunity to share communion together as we remember the love and the sacrifice of Christ. And our rally went till about 8 o'clock or so. Uh, but our team, and the Bridgewater team as well, we decided that we'd take some more time to pray. 8 o'clock came, and I would say most of the groups that were there uh, had some business to do with God still. And uh, we didn't want to end that uh, prematurely or anything like that. And so the Bridgewater and the River Cross team got together, and we spent about an extra two hours praying together and sharing. And uh, some people were really honest and sincere, and I, I thank them for their courage to share in our group. And then others just uh, prayed quietly and uh, reflected in their own way uh, about, uh, about who God is and what he's done for them. Now, the interesting thing, of course, is that, is that when we go away, when we spend a week away together, uh, in these eight days that have just gone by at Tidal Impact, uh, we actually spent more time together in these eight days than we will have spent all year long in youth group, right? So we have a great opportunity to uh, get to know each other for sharing, but it comes with some challenges too, right? Because we finally get to see what each other are like in the mornings, you know, hygiene becomes an issue. Uh, there are different things that we learn about each other uh, just by spending that amount of time together. But Thursday kind of seemed to bring it all together. Uh, it was a chance for us to be rooted back into who Christ was and what he did for us and how he was showing himself to us and through us and in all the great things. And uh, like I was saying, I knew that this message was coming up for a few months now, but uh, since everybody else was sharing, I just took it upon myself. I thought, well, you know, maybe I could get the teens to pray for me because I knew that I was going to have to speak here this morning. And I just wanted the teens to keep that in prayer, that I'd have enough energy and strength and that I'd have a clear mind uh, so that when we arrived here on Saturday night, I'd be ready for Sunday morning. Well, I shared that, and a few other people shared a few things, you know, related to friends or health or whatever. And uh, there was a young girl in our team, one of our River Cross youth. Uh, she's in middle school. She's just transitioning into high school. And she said, you know, Matt, she said, there's a Bible verse that's coming to mind to me right now. And she said, I can't remember exactly where it's from. She said, but I think we just need to encourage one another and build each other up. And I thought, oh, you know, that's, that's the verse that I'm going to be sharing with on Sunday morning. And I thought, wow, you know, God's, even in something small like that, um, for one of our teens to just have on her heart the same verse that's been on my heart for the last few weeks is just one of so many ways uh, that God showed who he was to us. And I share that in the light of encouragement is because we need to be together no, sure, like, I, like, like what, what I sh showed to you in Mark, you know, it's not about receiving encouragement. That's never the point. But Christ is calling us together to be sharing with each other, to be praying together, to know each other's struggles and pains and joys and concerns and celebrations and all of those things. The unity that Christ brings when he died on the cross, he died for everyone. And he calls people to come together because his offer of salvation, the love that he has for us, is not just a one-on-one -on -one relationship with God, although that is the most important thing. But God calls us to be a part of, of a family, to be with each other, to be sharing with each other, and to be praying for each other. And so what happened there on Thursday night is our, gr our group of about 30 people were praying and sharing together. 
Uh, my prayer is that we would all have our own experience in that in some way. Maybe it's in a small group. You know, you have a small community of people that you know are praying for you and supporting you and encouraging you. Uh, maybe it's a, just a small, uh, maybe it's your own family, your, your blood relatives. Uh, maybe the, that is where you find your source of encouragement. Or maybe it's around a common purpose. You know, you and your friends, you get together and it's either you work with your hands or you read the Bible together or, or there's some other reason why you gather together. There are all kinds of opportunities for us to gather, to share, to grow together relationally. But God wants us to be encouraging one another and lifting each other up. That is his call upon all Christians. He wants us to be encouraging one another. And there's this phrase that I often use with our teens um, uh, when, we, when we have those kinds of times where we share together. And I encourage them to remember that, yeah, sometimes if you're like me, you just need to talk to help yourself process things. And sometimes what's going on in your head needs to be slowed down to a pace that you can speak and, uh, or even write. Uh, but uh, when we are sharing, when we are uh, using our words, part of it is for our own reflection, but then also it is also a blessing to other people as well. So when our teens had the courage to share uh, some of their struggles or their pains or, you know, maybe a concern that they had about their relationship with God, we were all blessed, uh, first of all, to have the opportunity to pray with them, but second of all, because maybe they are being able to put to words something that we're feeling ourselves. First Thessalonians 5 says that we can be encouraging one another and building each other up. And so my challenge for you now is to think, who, who are those people in your life that are encouraging you? How can you thank them? How can you encourage them back? But who are the people in your life that you can be an encouragement to? How will you come alongside them and raise their arms or share a prayer or support them or encourage them in the ways that God might be calling you to do so? Um, during the week, this is like story number two and a half, uh, but during the week uh, on Tuesday afternoon, uh, we had a chance to break off into seminars and the seminars were designed to give you a tool kind of similar to how we're doing uh, our summer projects. Uh, but Tuesday afternoon, the seminars you could choose had a different topic uh, related to your spiritual walk with God. And I went to one, it was called uh, Fasting from Technology. And uh, as he was sharing, uh, a good friend of mine was the, the leader, his name is Sam, uh, and he made a really fascinating connection. He connected our need for technology with our need to hear a voice. And the accessibility that technology has, we can go to our technology because if we want to be entertained or if we want to hear how a friend's doing or if we want, you know, just to kind of see what the world is up to, our technology makes it so accessible to hear a voice. And Sam's encouragement to us all is that that longing to hear a voice is only satisfied when we listen to God. But on the other hand we can be the voice to other people. So instead of us constantly going to our technology to hear a voice, what if instead that we were actually being that voice to someone else? What if our encouragement, our words, or our actions were helping satisfy that need to hear a voice? It was really fascinating and yet totally, totally um, understandable in the way that he shared that and making the connection 
between encouragement. Okay, my last story, story number three. Um, I'll share Hebrews chapter 10 with us a little bit to help explain this one. Hebrews 10, 24, 25 says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Rivercross won an award last week. And I'd like to show you the little picture here about it, but uh, I'll explain a little bit. Um, a couple of the nights at the rallies, we had different themes. So one night was at the farm, and then this picture was taken at Crazy Hair Night. And uh, the creative energy of Rivercross and the extra mile that we went to, you see there's a lot of really fascinating work in there. Um, one of the leaders in the top right of the photo, my wife, is, my wife Heather, and then below Heather is Charlotte, but then the other leader that's there beside Heather, her name is Julie. Julie has got a creative mind like I've never seen, and she was able to turn everyone else's hair into these beautiful pieces of art. Uh, you can see Abby in the bottom left behind the table. She's got, like, supper on her head. And uh, there's another people, there's other people with, like, pop bottles and cups and everything. And so Julie really was the ringleader. She deserves a lot of the credit for, uh, for helping us win that award. Uh, but the interesting thing, uh, the reason why I show this picture about the idea of meeting together and how that is encouraging is that we had just spent all day going flat out in ministry. We were tired, and it was one of the first days, too, there, so we barely knew each other with the new group. It was Bridgewater getting to know Rivercross, Rivercross getting to know Bridgewater. We were working together. We were getting our hands dirty. Some of them were painting. Some of them were jumping, jumping around with children all day long, and when Tuesday night came or Monday night, whenever that was, uh, it would have been just a whole lot more easy to just put our feet up and just sit in the chair and not do anything. It would have been so much easier, and I think our legs and our hands would have really benefited from the rest. But instead, through the creativity and through our team working together and encouraging one another on, it took some momentum, but it happened to the point that the whole group, uh, for about 45 minutes or so, were like putting elastics in each other's hair and like styling things and taking pictures and having a great time with it. But how that connects to encouragement is that they stuck with it. It would have been so much easier to have not done it. But they continued to meet together. They encouraged one another on. And as a result, we won an award, which is great. was not the point. Uh, but for all of us, you know, I think some of the way that we can be encouraging to each other is that we would persevere through the challenges. When we get tired when it's easier not to meet, when it's easier to just do our own thing and let everybody else do whatever they want to do, Hebrews 10 comes back and says to not give up meeting together. Some of us as our summer project just need to be reminded that we need to make a commitment of faithfulness to the people that we're going to support and the people that we're going to encourage. One of the greatest gifts that we can give to someone else is the way that we are faithful to them where we won't just back away and let everything help happen without much effort, but instead we take the effort. We go the extra mile and we encourage, just like our teens did on Crazy Hair Night. So for our lives, I guess I gave just three quick examples of what it can mean for us, all of us to be encouraging. And so we thank you for our teens for living all of that out this week and for the lessons that I learned at Tidal Impact about encouragement. But for all of us, let's first remember 
that encouragement, to receive encouragement is not the number one goal. Jesus calls us to live our lives for him, and that as a benefit of that, we receive encouragement. But let's also remember that we can be ridiculously generous with the ways that we give encouragement. We can look for God the way that he calls us to seek first his kingdom, and then when we see it, we can acknowledge it. You know, you know, hey, I, I just, I noticed that you've really given your heart to youth ministry or children's ministry or serving as a teller or an usher. I, I see you doing that, and I see God working through you in that. Let's be generous with the ways that we acknowledge and encourage. Or maybe you know someone that's going through a hard time, and you have the means and the resources to be a blessing or a support to them. Encourage them with that. Or maybe there's a job coming up, and they just, they just don't have the physical strength to do it themselves. You can be that person that's lifting up their arm to encourage them. And so as I, as I wrap up this message, I, I, we are reminded of Jesus' words to go and serve. We're reminded to encourage one another to build each other up. And then we're reminded to not give up. Don't give up meeting together, but encourage each other as you see the day approach. Now, I'll ask the band to come up, and we'll finish up here in a second, but I, I, would, I would hate to miss this opportunity without also encouraging you. And so I, if I could just share a few minutes really quickly, just as a reminder for all of us, that when Christ died on the cross, he did it for you. He did it so that he could have a relationship with you and so that you could hear God's voice you could know God's presence, and no matter what circumstances you are going through, you have an opportunity to relate and to engage and to know the wonderful love and amazing love of Christ. There is nothing going on in your life that God doesn't have authority over. It doesn't matter how painful or how distracting or how confusing it is, God's love triumphs over it. His, his word says so, and it's a promise to all of us. And second, related to that, is that despite our brokenness and despite our sin, despite the ways that we get lost in our own selfishness or our own understanding, God is calling you to be part of his work. Isn't that amazing to think that we have a chance to know and to serve and to experience the wonderful love of God? It's a promise for all of us. And it's going to look different in every one of our lives, but it's there. And out of an experience of his love, he's calling you, he's calling all of us, he's calling me to go and show that love to someone else. Now, thankfully, we don't do that on our own strength. We do it in the strength that God has given us. And so as much as, he, as we can receive his love and to know his love, he actually pours himself into us so that we can accomplish the things that he's called us to do. And I hope you find that encouraging. I hope you, do, it doesn't, you don't find that terrifying or confusing. I hope you find it in a way that you would know that God's peace is upon you and that he's loving you and that he is encouraging you as the greatest, the ultimate, the perfect example of any encourager you could ever know. So I'd like to pray for you that we would come and to all know the encouragement and the love that God has for us. Let's pray. Father God, may we live out our lives as a reflection of who you are, not just as uh, who you are um, as we read about you, but also that we would know who you are personally as well. 
Lord, that as we get into your word, as we spend time in, in prayer, that we would have a perspective on our lives uh, that's yours, a perspective that shows us compassion and love and care, and a perspective that shows us the opportunities around us to serve, to make a difference, and to encourage. Lord, this week we're going to interact with so many different people, with so many different stories, in so many different ways. And so help us to find ways that we can be an encouragement to others. Lord, help us encourage our ministry workers and our church leaders. Help us to encourage people who are serving on your behalf. Help us to find evidence of you at work and to help remind those people that you are using them. But Lord, also help us to remember that the same way that you came to serve and not to be served, that should be the reflection of our lives as well. Lord, that we wouldn't live or do anything to accomplish our own selfish desires or satisfactions, but instead the things that we do, the things that we would say, would be used to honor you. Lord, thank you for the encouragement that you provide for us. Thank you for the ways that we've encouraged our teens this week in Title Impact. And Lord, we look forward to opportunities to encourage others. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.